title of this morning's message is ID. Well, if we're studying a series called Identity, we must have an ID or identify ourselves as a, a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I love these verses of scriptures, Colossians 1.15. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. So if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And simply put, he is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God would do in a situation or what the will of God is, read about what Jesus did. If you are sick this morning and you want to know what the will of God is, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so what Jesus did was what the Father would do because Jesus said, I can only do what I see my Father doing. And now, now come on, this, this is all foundational stuff here that we're going to have to get in place to make sure this series explodes in, in our life. And so, so Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so if you're ever in a crisis in your life of saying, what would God do in this situation? Or God, I don't know what you would do. God, I need to hear your voice. Read about what Jesus did when he was in a similar situation. Yeah. Come on now, that's good stuff. Because if Jesus is the image, the, the image, the physical manifestation of the invisible God here on this earth, and Jesus said, I can only do what I see my Father doing, and then he tells us about the Holy Spirit, and he says, the Holy Spirit will not do anything without first the permission of the Father and only does what the Father tells him. That means it all goes back to the image of the Father that needs to be implanted here in this earth. And look, I haven't even gotten my message yet. This is just opening four verses of Scripture. That's why some of these are my favorite. And it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If your life's falling apart, you better get in him. Because he said, in him all things hold together. And if your life seems to be falling apart now... There's your answer. You may not be in him. You may know him, but you may not be in him. I mean, it's possible to say TWBC is my church home and never show up. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. So, so, so it's possible to know him but not be in him. There's a big difference. And he is the beginning of all things. He is the firstborn from among, from among the dead. And in that, that everything, he might be the preeminent. For in him, in him again, you're going to get that a lot through this series, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So all of the glory and the power of God, this let there be light stuff that we sang this morning, all that stuff we just talked about, all of that, God said, I'm pleased to put all of me in him. <laughs> Come on now, that ought to excite you as a believer. Because, because that means it's possible for you. There ain't no holding back about what God wants to put into you. And don't say it's for a pastor or for somebody else. According to your faith, be it unto you. Get out there and get some big-time faith and let it start happening in your life. And so, uh, oh, i got to get to my message. I'm, I'm just, mm. For in him, I haven't even got through my scripture reading yet. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And this is part I love. Underline it in your Bible. And through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, get ready for the greatest day of your life. That's all I'm saying. If you're not in him this morning and you think you just know him and he's just your savior that happened 25 years ago at youth camp or VBS or whatever you got saved in and you're not in him, get ready to know him in a whole new way today. I'm telling you, this just isn't for somebody who was drunk last night and walked in on the street this morning and needs Jesus. All of us need Jesus to another level. All of us need him to a fuller extent. All of us need to take another step further so we begin to look more like him into his presence. And so this morning, well, I'm excited about this series. Can you tell? And throughout this year, we purposefully lined out messages to lead us up to where we're at today. 
We kicked off this year with a series called Home. The whole theme of home is this. Home is where the presence of the Father is. And we want you to find a place called home at TWBC because it's where the presence of the Father is. And in the presence of the Father, you move from a place of being lost to being born again, but from being born again to a place, and we had a chair over here called sonship, where many of us in church were religious slaves in the house, but we haven't taken our seat as a son. Because the verse of scripture was, son, you've always been with me and all that I have is yours. Part of Joel still got to transfer over to this chair because I don't have all that he has for me yet. Come on now. So, so I'm still working on it. I'm getting there, and I'm not going to stop till I find it. So that was the purpose of the series of home, not to just give you a place in here in the church, but to get you into an area of sonship. And then we realized this, that we are God's representation here on this earth. And if we found a place called sonship, we went into a series called Abide. And as we are God's son, not his slave, it says he reveals all things to his sons. As he reveals it to us, that means we abide in his presence because we're a son. He reveals things to us, and that's when Matthew 6.10 comes in, and it's we bring the culture of heaven because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places to the physical earth where we're manifested at right now. Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy culture come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the purpose of home was to get you well acquainted in your position to become a son in the kingdom so God can reveal his plans for you. The purpose of abide is to make sure you stay here in sonship, but we know you're in chair one of sonship, but now you're physically living on this earth. What's the point of that? So God can get all the culture of heaven to this earth through you. Not through a preacher, not through a building, through you. And so that was the purpose of the abide series. And we know that once God starts bringing the culture of heaven to this earth through you, What's going to happen? His glory is going to show up. So we went on the quest, the quest for his glory, the pursuit of his glory, an encounter with him today that's going to transform our tomorrow. Come on. I want you to have an encounter with him this morning that's going to transform your tomorrow. And in that, we want God to use us so much in Matthew 6, 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Joel's life on this earth as it is in heaven, God, use it today. Let your glory show up. And so in that, we begin to transform the area around us. So much so that the Bible says in Isaiah 61, verse 4, part B, it says, You will redeem or make new the devastation of generations. You will redeem, or I'm sorry, you will redeem or make new the ruined cities and redeem or make new the devastation of generations. But in the process of that, we're going to do it with his glory or his power or his presence. What's possible is that, but what happens as a result of it is you begin to look like him. So now we're in this series called Identity because we got to figure out what he looks like if we're going to begin to look like it. we got to figure out what the Father looks like. we got to figure out what Jesus looks like. we got to figure out what he did so we can end up looking like him. We use this verse of scripture uh, throughout the, the, the quest series that it was uh, Exodus 34 that when Moses came down off the mountain... He was glowing with the glory of God and so much resembled God because his glory was on him. The people of Israel said, put a veil over your face. Hide the glory from us. It's too much. They hadn't said that about our church yet. We got some ways to go. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That wasn't, that, that, that wasn't just a statement. That, that was a, a yes, get on board with me. Pastor, it's too bright out there in Martin Springs. You're illuminating the whole area. That's fine. It's all good. I want the glory of God to show up like that. I want him to know something's happening out here. 
And so we see the results of the Father. And so we want the glory of God to show up like it did on Moses' life when he came off the mountain. And so now we get into this verse of Scripture, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. I'm not going to reread it. But where we're going to go with this is, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. And so we've talked about this, that in the home series, who Jesus was and is, we now become, and we are the Father's pathway to this earth. God doesn't just want to come through us, though. He wants to come to us and use us. Okay? God doesn't want you just to be a pipeline. I heard it best. Bill Johnson said it best like this one time. God doesn't want you to be a pipeline that he goes through. He wants you to be a glove that he puts on and he works through you and you have a part of the process. Come on now. That's good. I can't take credit for that. He said it. I didn't. But, but, I, but that kind of was revolutionary because I always said, oh, God, just work through me. He doesn't just want to work through me. He wants to work in me and use me and me be a part of his process. So in the, in the ending, I get changed just as much as everybody else does, and we all begin to look like him. See, there's, I can use a very explicit way of saying it. He doesn't want to use you and abuse you and then lose you. So many of you have felt that in the church. Well, they just used me, abused me, and then they're going to lose me because I'm done with this church thing. Okay? Some of you in your relationship life has felt like that. He's a good, good father with a loving, intimate relationship with you. He's not going to use you, abuse you, and then lose you. He's going to use you and make something mighty out of you because he's your daddy and he cares about you. So as we jump into this series called Identity, my first point this morning is ID. And the question I have for you is this. What happens when my ID doesn't look like the picture in the mirror, and the mirror is not what you're looking at in your mirror. It's the mirror of God's word. What happens when my picture of what I see doesn't line up to the way Jesus looks in here? What happens? Now, I kind of wanted to to do a little bit of lighthearted stuff this morning, so I got four pictures that I picked out this morning. And the first one, these are all promises, okay? Throw the first picture up there. We'll just go from there. Gillette Fusion promises. (laughs) Your first image is like that. But if you use Gillette Fusion, you're going to look like that. (laughs) Right? It's okay to laugh in church. It really is funny. You're really not making fun of the dude on the picture, I promise. So the promise is this. If you use this, you start out like that, but in the end, you're going to look like that. (laughs) You're not going to look like that, I'm just saying. The word of God does the same thing. You start out looking like this, but if you use the word of God, you're going to look like his son. Go to the next picture. It's funny. Come on now. I know this is true in my life. Before coffee and after coffee picture. Coffee promises. Before me, you look like this. After me, you got a little skip in your step. Come on now. Y'all know you like that picture. And so what what is the promise of coffee? The promise of coffee is before me, you look like this. But after me, you begin to act like this. The word of God promises. Before me, you're walking with your head down, your shoulders slumped forward, and you look like this. But after you get an infilling of my coffee, the Holy Spirit, you're going to look a little bit like this. When you get that spiritual caffeine going, come on, I I can't say it any better. When you get that spiritual pump going, when you get that spiritual movement going in your life. Let's let's look at this next picture here. (laughs) 
I, I, don't, I can't read what those magazines are on the bottom, but working out promises. <laughs> Before you look like Shrek, after you look like the Hulk. Come on now, that, that's what working out promises. Now McDonald's promises this. Go to the next one. There you go. Before you look like the Hulk, afterwards you look like the Shrek. Come on now. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. It's okay. Can I tell you, it's okay to have fun in the house of God. I mean, I said this in our pre-service service meeting. It, it was this. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, not love and then crying. It's love and joy. So there should be an overwhelming joy taking place in the house of God when we get together. And it's okay to laugh and have fun and joke around like this because there is a spiritual truth to all those pictures. The, 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 the first one was, if you use this, you begin to look like this. The second one is, if you use this, you begin to act like this. The third one, if you do these things, you begin to look like this. The fourth one was, if you don't do it, you begin to look like that. <laughs> the promises are true either way you go. So we must begin to understand that through this process of IDing ourselves, God gives us more than an immediate answer many times. He gives us a promise. That if you'll grab a hold of my word, if you'll look at my word, there's something in there for it. Joel, I know when you look in the mirror, you see this. But I promise if you maintain and abide in my word long enough, you're going to end up identifying yourself like me because you're going to begin to look like this. And so many times God doesn't just give us an immediate answer. God's not into plastic surgery. Amen. Come on. He's into transformation. And transformation is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You should have came to, the, to the, uh, the Wednesday Night Lazarus series. He's bringing you to an occasion. It's a process. It takes time. It's deliberate. So many times, God doesn't give Joel the exact answer that he wants. Because if he did, I'd be, I was here one day, and then, bloop, I'm over here the next day. Okay? But it, it wasn't. He gives me a, a promise, and then I begin to walk it out. And then I find myself becoming and looking and identifying with him and looking like him in the process. Spiritually, it is immediate, okay? When God gives you a, a promise in his word and you declare it, say, by faith, I begin to declare right now that this is my promise for me, immediately in the spirit, it's done. I, I'm telling you, he doesn't hold back. But for it to manifest in the area of the soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions in your physical body, sometimes that's a process. And in fact, many times it's a process because if it's not, it's called a miracle. If not, it's called a miracle. Because miracles are instantaneous outside of time, dimension, and space as we know it. Okay? So many times in your life, God says, I'm bringing you through a process. When you prayed it and you declared it by faith, it's done in the spirit. So don't go back on it. But in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, that's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing, making new of your mind, the constant process of making it new. And then your physical body, many times, it's a process as well. How many of y'all have ever started a diet plan in your life? <laughs> Come on now. How many of y'all ever quit on it? If you're still not on it, you quit. <laughs> okay? And, and, so, and so in that, it's a process, and you know this. It doesn't happen overnight. And you go through, when you start working out, you go through soreness. <laughs> you go through pain. You go through bad moods because you can't eat what you want to eat. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's a process. But the promise is if you stick with it and you continue to eat right, live right, do right, exercise right, you're going to see a transformation and you'll begin to look different. You'll begin to look like whatever you had envisioned of yourself to look like, whatever goals and standards you set yourself to get to. And so many times God doesn't give us the answer. He gives us a promise. And we need to understand that immediately it's done in the spirit 
But it takes a process sometimes to get our body and our soul to that point. And we need to understand God develops our strengths and makes us in his likeness and image by giving us a promise rather than an answer. When he gives you a promise or a picture of what things could be like when we are in him, remember those words, we are forced to move towards him to achieve and receive the desired answer and result. Whenever he gives us a picture, a vision, a promise, whenever you get this inspiration of like, wow, God's telling me to do this or help out in the children's or be a part of Rage or be on One Praise or be a host group leader in the, for base groups or, or be a team leader for base groups or, or to do any of these things, you immediately feel it inside of you. So immediately it's there. But how many know there's a process that's got to be walked out for you to get into a place where you can minister at a high and effective level? Come on now. And this is, how, this is how I know the grace of God is on TWBC. Because we're still here. Because if you would have heard me 16 years ago preaching, Lord, help us all. <laughs> I mean, it's miserable. I don't know how anybody got here. Quit agreeing, Damon. I'm done with that. <laughs> David's like over there, uh-huh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. He, he got revelation. No, I was horrible. <laughs> but I had passion and I had fire. But, but you can't live on just passion and fire. There's got to be an equipping of some kind in your life. And I began to read and study and do leadership books and all these different things to, 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 to grow me into a leader. And not that I've ended up being where I want to be because I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. But I'm definitely not where I was 14, 15, 16 years ago. But through that process, there's been a lot of painful things that I've had to uh, look at myself and say, that doesn't line up with the leader I'm calling myself to be. And I had to address my own shortcomings in my life. Come on. I had to address them. And I had to say, I can either stay the same and stunt the growth of the church, or I can change, even though it's painful for me to change, but we're going to the next level. And listen, if you're a part of TWBC for more than six months, you're going to experience change. And then the next six months, change. And the next six months, change. Because when you're a growing church, you're going to have to change things. Okay? And it's okay. Everybody, take a deep breath. Some of you are like, what? I love it just the way it is. The problem is, you love it just the way it is when you got here. But for it to stay the way it is, nobody else can come here. So it's either nobody else can come here, and we stay who we are just exactly the way we are, and we sin because we're not going into all the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, or we can embark on this process of change and stretch ourselves, come on now, and get to where we're called to be and be a premier church in this four-state area and go around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. But that's going to take stretching me. That's going to take stretching your pastor and changing. And, ugh. and sometimes you just don't want to. Bless you. Sometimes you just don't want to. But you got to make that decision. Because here's what happens when you make that decision. In doing so, we move towards him to receive the, the, the desired result. And so in doing so, we're forced to learn how to believe him, believe God, before the answer comes. Jesus said this in the Lazarus series. He said, Father, I'm not praying because I need to pray so you can hear me. I'm praying for everybody else so they know that you're listening. He, he knew it, okay? But Jesus was forced to believe him before the answer came. He had to speak, Lazarus, come forth, before Lazarus what? Came forth. <laughs> he had to believe him before the answer came in the process. Now listen, in the flesh, this is how it works. We have a feeling and then it's followed by an action, Right? You felt like doing whatever you did, and so your actions followed it because you followed a feeling. Right? That's how many of you got in trouble back in your college days. You felt like partying, so you went and partied, and after it, that's just, ugh. 
right? So you followed a feeling with actions, and you didn't get the results you wanted the next morning. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> I, I really, I, y'all are like, I didn't ever do that. Whatever. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? Listen, I know Northeast Texas way too well. And maybe it wasn't in college because you're saying, I never went to college. It was in high school then, okay? Whatever it was. But you had a feeling, and your feelings made your actions follow, and then the next morning you didn't have the results you wanted. As a believer, it's just the opposite. You don't have a feeling followed by an action. You make a faith declaration and take a step of action, and then the feelings follow. Right? You'd make a faith declaration and take a step of action, and then the results happen. Because signs and wonders follow you, you don't follow them. Okay? As a believer, you take a step of faith of action, and then God begins to manifest feelings and emotions that are then godly feelings and emotion that that are unique to your breakthrough or your specific uh, uh, thing that God's bringing you into, whatever that may be. And so we got to begin to understand that in this world, God is setting us up to begin to live differently, and we are forced to learn how to believe him before the answer comes. Therefore, we're forced to walk by faith and believe the results are going to follow, not follow a feeling and get the results that we're not wanting. And so we've got to begin to walk in this realm of we're forced to learn how to believe him before the answer comes. Then we also, we learn how to exercise his will in circumstances and conditions that are contrary to his will. It's what I said earlier. When you are struggling with a place in your life, look how Jesus responded or reacted. Okay? And in that, you now have the standard of how you respond and how you react. Okay? It forces us. To move, it forces us to change. It's the resistance factor that's building us stronger. We learn how to exercise what God said because we took an action step of faith. And how many of you know when you take an action step of faith, it doesn't just become roses, everything comes against it. When you go to work out and you take the bar off the bench press, the weight doesn't just float on its up on its own. Come on now. What does it do? Depends how much it is. And it... Why? Because it's not the floating that makes you strong. It's the resistance that makes you strong. God's trying to strengthen you. Not so you just immediately get the answers. But so you're strong to take this walk of faith into a lost and dying world. And you can live and look and act like Jesus lived and looked and act. And thirdly, it causes us to do this. It causes us in the end to become like him. To become like him. And listen, when you call yourself a Christian, it means you're calling yourself a follower of Christ. And when you study the way they followed Christ, it was the rabbi's job to teach the disciple to look and act and walk exactly like he did. So much so that after the rabbi, Jesus, passed away, people would know who his disciples were by the way they were acting and what they were doing because they looked so much like their master. Right? And so that's the goal. That's what God wants to get us to into this point of where we're at. And so now your personal account comes into question. The personal account of your life. And how do you measure up to looking like Christ? 
Don't put your head down. Look at me. Some of y'all just went. It's okay. We're, we're getting there. This is why we're going through ID. I, I need three volunteers this morning. Give me three. Amanda, you want to come up here? Everybody's freaking out right now. Jacob, can you come on up here? Yes, man. Right there. Go ahead. All right, Amanda, I need you to stand down here at the very end. Don't show anybody my signs yet, okay? Yes, sir. Spend a lot of time on these signs. <laughs> Hide them. All right, Jacob. Mm-hmm. I need you on the other side here, and I'm going to have you. All right. Now, here's the thing. What, on, on a scale of 1 to 10... When you're doing any sporting event and it's a judging from 1 to 10, 10 is always what? Perfect, right? So flip your signs around for me. No, not you. Just him. Yeah. So he's got perfect 10. So you represent Jesus. Come on now. Now, if in your personal life, Amanda, flip your first sign around. Go ahead. You're good. Your life is measuring up to a 2. What do you need to become a 10? It's simple. What, what? Hey, you, whoo, come on, give yourself a hand. I'm telling you. It's ain't a trick question. Two plus what equals 10? Eight. There you go. So, Jacob, do we got an eight? We got an eight in the house. Now, here, here's the thing. Jesus said this, or, or Paul said this, and through him, talking about Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things. So if you're a two, and to reconcile means you got to match up to be this, to look like this, because when you reconcile your checking account, it's the standard, right? Like if your checkbook's off and you call them and say, hey, your bank account's off because my checkbook says this, they're going to say, no, your checkbook's off because my bank account says this. Am I right? They don't take your word, they take their word, right? Okay, some of y'all have never had this happen, I can tell. I've had it happen. They take their word, okay? Praise God, my wife does the finances. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, it's, it is what it is. So Jesus, or the Bible says, to reconcile to himself all things. So what that means is he's trying to find where you're at and find what's missing to make you look like him. I wish I was that tall. That would be great. I'm getting there, buddy. I'm going to look like you. Are you getting it? To reconcile to himself all things. All right, everybody drop your orange sign. All right, Jacob, turn yours back around. Amanda, turn yours back around. All right, you're still number 10. He's still Jesus. He's still perfect. Amanda, flip yours around. What are we missing? A six. Jacob, turn yours around. See if we got a six. We got a six. Come on now. Hey, we're getting better. We're at a four. Right? We're at a four. All right, drop your, drop your yellow signs. Amanda, flip yours back around so they can't see. Jacob, flip yours around so they can't see. All right, we got a 10. Jesus is still the standard. Jesus is still perfect. Some of y'all are thinking, why is he doing this? This is so elementary because this is how simple the gospel really is. He said, I've come to reconcile all things to me. See, he didn't just say, I come to reconcile them and make them come together. I come to reconcile all things to me. 
I come to make sure you look like me, not that I look like the world. Come on. Jesus didn't come to the world to look like it. He didn't reconcile himself to the world. He reconciled the world to himself. You got to get that. Come on. You can't reconcile the bank to you. You got to reconcile you to the bank. It's the standard. Jesus is the standard. He said, I've come to reconcile to myself all things. That means I've come to make everything look back the way my father wanted it in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 before the fall happened. I've come to reconcile everything to me to make you begin to look like me again. I'm not coming to look like you. Come on now. That's good. He didn't come to look like you. He came so you could look like him. And so to look like him, you got to find out where you're at and what's missing so you can begin to reconcile to get there. This is why he gives us, he doesn't give us the answer. He gives us a promise many times because you find out where you're at. You find out that you're this before picture. The promise was Gillette, and if you use it, you look like it. The promise was, was coffee, and if you did it, you'd act like it. If the promise was, was the workout, if you did it, you'd be like it. And it's the same thing with us. Jesus says, find out where you're at, and then whatever's missing, put me in the gap, and then I'm going to make you begin to look like me the standard now come on now Amanda what's your next sign seven you're getting there but, but are you still a ten yet are you a ten yet see it doesn't matter how close you get it doesn't matter how close you get if you're not a ten you're not there it, 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 people always make this big deal about what sin's weightier than the other and we can get into that theology if you want to but the the fact of the matter is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God little sin big sin black sin white sin categorize it how you want to if you've done it once you're already separated and you need to be reconciled that's why I don't judge people when they come in drunk or when they come in whatever state they're in or, or high or whatever because it, sin is sin and it has separated me from the Father. We can break out theology later if you want to discuss what's worse than the other. The fact of the matter is if I did something and it separated me from the Father, I need something to get back so I can reconcile myself to look like Jesus. And Jesus said this, this is how you do it. He reconciled all things to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So what do we need? All right, drop your pink signs. If 10 is perfect, Amanda, hold your sign up. You're good. Show them the green sign. What's the answer? Flip your sign, Jacob. That's the answer. Come stand right here in between them. It doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter how bad you used to be it doesn't matter what you did it doesn't matter what's going on in your life what matters is you got to find out where you're at you got to find out who you are. You got to be honest this morning. You got to look at yourself in the mirror. If we're going to try to identify with Him and look like Christ before this series is done, we got to find out where we're at. And when the more I look at my life and Joel, I realize I got to get a lot more Jesus if I'm going to make it to a perfect 10. Come on. I've got to begin to realize I haven't made it. I haven't arrived. There's still some pressing forward to I got to do. Paul even said it. I haven't completely grasped it yet. But one thing I do, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He said I hadn't got there yet. He took a sober look at himself in the mirror. We this morning, if we're going to begin to identify with who Christ is and become who Christ is in this earth and bear the image of the Father in this earth, you must begin to look at exactly where you're at right now, honestly, soberly. I don't 
care if you're staff, elders, if it's your first time here, wherever you're at, you got to look at yourself and say, I need Jesus now more than ever. I need him. And I don't care how long you've gone here. Because we need an outpouring of the manifestation of the image of the invisible God. And that's supposed to be you and me. And if that is truly the case, I've got to come to a sober reality of where I'm at. And in my life and my shortcomings. And in that, I've got to rely on Jesus. He said, see, in your weakness, I'm made strong. (laughs) He didn't say, in your strength, I become better. He said, in your weakness, I become strong. Because where you're short, he says, I always make up the difference. Joel, where you're literally, if you want to be honest with me, it's not 1 to 10, you're about a negative 20. I make up the difference. I make it up. He said, I have come to reconcile all things to myself. He didn't come to the world to look like you. He came into the world so you could look like him. He didn't come to the world so, so the Father could come to you. He came into the world so he could bring you into connection with the Father. And now the Father has access to all the authority and things in the earth because you're here. And he lives in you. But even as you are born again, and you are a born-again believer, and many of you, you you're here this saying, and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I know you're saved. But have you gotten here yet? And a lot of people settle with, hey, I'm saved, I'm born again, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that you are going to heaven. But if that's the be-all, end-all of your life, you've missed the whole gospel in its entirety. You've missed it all. Jesus didn't come and die on a cross and raise again from the dead so you can go to heaven. He came and died on a cross and was raised again from the dead so you could be here in this earth and the kingdom of God could come to you and you could go to the kingdom of God interchangeably. And we have believed a lie in the church for a hundred years now in the evangelical movement that says Jesus came and died so you could go to heaven. Yes, in part. That's about a tenth of the whole pie. But bless God, when I eat, I want the whole pie. I just don't want a tenth of it. Come on. Oh, my God. We got to get this before we're ever going to move forward in this series. And so my heart for you is this. In Joel's life, so much so. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just tell you what I did this past week. I realized a fault that I had in my life. And I talked to my wife about it. It wasn't anything immoral. It's not an immoral sin, okay? It's not like, let's, I had an issue. I went to a conference and, and they spoke into my life and said, Joel, you've got to change these priorities in your life. It's a priority issue. So I went home and asked forgiveness for my wife. And I said, honey, whatever you begin to ask is what I begin to do. Because I've neglected you and I've cheated on you with the church. Church is is the pastor's greatest mistress. Everything's involved in the church. Our lives are involved in the church. I live here. I breathe here. I eat here. I sleep here. And in the end, I was rejecting the one God gave me to do it with. And so I didn't just talk to her about it. I went to an elder and his wife and I said, it's now your job to hold me accountable. And if I fail... She can tell me about it, and if I don't respond to her, she can come to you, and you can call me out anytime. I realized this, and I needed this to get me back to being, I'm trying to be a perfect 10 husband, baby. I'm getting there. I'm working on it. I hadn't arrived yet. I'm trying to get there. 
But, but do you understand? You, you can be born again, but you still need this in the middle of it to get you to reconcile to come to this. Because Jesus said, Joel, I'm not trying to just make you good. I'm not trying to make you a great pastor. I'm trying to make you like me. Ah. I'm trying to make you like me. So I had to take a sober judgment of myself. And y'all, that's just one area of my life. I mean, it's just one area. So give them a hand clap as they're being seated this morning. You can just drop the signs. My, my question to you is this, as I close this morning. What's your number? What's your number? A better way to phrase it, what is it that you need to reconcile yourself to become, to look like Christ? What's your number? If you're a 2 this morning, you need an 8 to become a 10. If you're a 3, you need a 7 to become a 10. If you're a 7, you need a 3 to become a 10. What's your number? If you have unforgiveness, you need forgiveness to be like Jesus. Well, what's your need? There's some of you who live in unforgiveness and you're miserable. You're miserable. So you found out your sin was unforgiveness, so you need forgiveness, not just for yourself, but the ability to do it for others to become like Jesus. Some of you struggle with, 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 with bitterness, and so you need a softening of your heart and forgiveness a lot of times in that. To a softening to become like Jesus. Some of you have an addiction, so you need a, uh, what do you need? You need to be set free to become like him, to walk in the power of it. Some of you are sick, and so you need a healing to become reconciled to be like Jesus. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Where you're at and, and what do you need, because that's what he says this morning. If you're going to become like me, I first got to start feeling that need. I first got to start feeling that need in your life. And here's the thing about this altar call. Everybody's included in it. Because I haven't seen anybody in this room, myself included, that looks like the image of the Father. We're on our way. This is the first step in the process. To realize I need to be reconciled to him. Not just go to him. Not just love him. Not just ask for forgiveness from him. When there's a reconciliation that happens in your bank account, you find out what the standard has, you find out what you have, and you go back and you make adjustments accordingly till you begin to line up with what the standard has. Joel had to make adjustments in his life accordingly to line up, begin to line up with what the standard has. And, and, and I'm not afraid to tell you guys that. Because I'm not Jesus himself, but bless God, I'm going to start looking a lot more like him. And I want you to know, if I can do it, you can do it. 